0: This article is from endtimesherald.com. Why die for a country that hates you? The spooks are definitely trying to spook us about war, with the Han space and colony right now. I caught that clip while watching at the chemist. It was especially enlightening to have a BMI-challenged cross cultural consultant, Muslima from Melbourne, analyzing Chinese street threats to Australia for me. The establishment is clearly worried. The propaganda is everywhere. Our boomer rulers even brought over an American boomer to debate with one of our boomers about how us entitled millennials need to get ready to fight for the freedom of their real estate portfolios. It's worth a watch, actually. This mere boomer has been against the neocons, or Jews, for 20 years. And now that the Olam has been thoroughly tokened everywhere, we're, and we're about to get crimpied by a million skinny Asians, he's been taken seriously. He's being taken seriously. Mearsheimer's thesis shows why he's been an outsider in kosher think tank circles in Washington for the last few decades. He holds to this weird, jo- quaint view that foreign policy should be guided by realism, not ideology. I know. What a crazy idea! Sane government? What madness! The people who've been ruling on rulers' foreign policy tightly since Israel did 9/11 don't do realism. They're utopians. They're into world improving. It's what their God made them for. That's what they teach their kids in their special schools. Now the result of all that ideological utopian is utopianism is a broken America, morally and financially bankrupted, and an ascendant China which wants to become the Asian hegemon. The last time wartime hegemony in in Asia shifted it was from Britain, our brothers to the United States, our cousins. The brief period during which the samurai tried to take over was not an entirely pleasant experience. Of course, it's nothing like the Holocaust, but still people died and stuff. Mearsheimer makes the excellent and correct observation that a liberal democratic empire, far from being the just world policeman it thinks of itself as, is rather an aggressive and ruthless imperial power. He doesn't make the connection, but this was also true of the world's first recorded democratic empire, Athens. The more democratic and less republican America has become, the more it has behaved in the in the way Athens did, and less like Rome. Rome was ruthless until you submitted. Then there came the Roman peace and the attendant prosperity you expect afterward. Athens was capricious and held in thrall by demagogues, by demagogues who whipped up the mob for senseless and non-strategic. Conflicts to events, their own careers. America has been rapidly become less Rome and more Athens since the Israeli attack on America in September 2001. As outlined by neocons like Francis Fuyama, Fukuyama, America is a liberal democratic empire. Mir Scheimer agrees. That's the ideological worldview it seeks to impose, by force if necessary, upon each region of the world. While Fukuyama, like a typical Marxist, argues that this is an inevitable consequence of the direction of history, Mir instead frames this as the result of the hegemonic ideology of the ruling elite of America being foisted on a decreasingly grateful planet through economic and military force. Mearsheimer' is right. There is no manifest destiny of America. Just as China, China is not the middle kingdom under heaven, The leads of both nations perpetuate these narratives, however, in order to mobilize their people to make it true. The liberal democratic ideology of the American Empire has to do with the vision as outlined by the founding fathers. It's even a worldview which the generation that fought World War II would recognize. The liberal democratic ideology is one of racial, cultural, religious, and increasingly biological pluralism. It's a weird cult of universalism, in which no meaningful identity category exists outside the individual, and therefore only the individual exists in any positive sense. That is for white people. Every other cult collective identity may, is, may exist, and indeed be affirmed and celebrated by the state. Black pride. Black is a motiva- movement in response to dominant white cultures and ideologies that encourages black people. To celebrate black culture and embrace the African heritage. White Pride. White Pride is a model primarily used by white suprem- separa- separatist, white nationalist, neo Nazi, and white supremacist organizations in order to signal racist or racialist point- viewpoints. Wikipedia. When whites do exist, it's only in relation to historical crimes or present injustices being perpetrated upon other groups. Whiteness is toxic. Toxic, toxicity. While this sinful sin, original sin of whiteness may not even be redeemed, constant penance is required on the part of whites in order to be acceptable to the rest of society. This is not just a fringe ranting of the far left. This is the ideology of America, and all political thought and public debate in Western countries now occurs with the overtone window provided. By this imperial ideology, A liberal democracy is open borders, pluralism is white genocide. Postmodern America has now imposed this ideological worldview upon the entire world. And while Milsheimer avoids drawing the connections laid out here for obvious reasons, the implications of his argument are clear. When war of China starts, the regiment. The regime in Canberra will ramp up the propaganda to demand that young Australians stand up to fight for liberal democracy, for liberal world order, for global homo. Are you ready to die for alpha widow feminist partners, kindergarten kindergarten sex ed classes, and forced diversity quotas, seven-figure shitbox apartment figures, and being called a terrorist if you don't put on your soylent smile? And consent to bum sex with your tyranny co worker. Your tyranny co worker after yoga bigots? Not me, fuck that. His American boomer is onto something. His analysis is spot on. And it also shows why no young Aussie should go and die in the coming World War III in the Pacific. For an occupied government which sees him as an antisocial terrorist. Arguments like the one I'm making here make boomer white nationalists very mad. The nativist savages. Even called the XYZ name, names like the globalist right for me telling our readers to get a shift plan in place for the eminence show between a corrupt, decadent, and occupied Uncle Sam and a lean, ethically cohesive, and technologically equipped Master Han. In Hugo's estimation, China today is twice as powerful relative to the US as China as Japan was in 1941. And the technology since has been, since then has become far more ap- apocalyptic. Neither side in this fight is going to back down, and there's no way we get to sit on the sidelines. War is coming. The depth imbalances around the world ensure that the poker game will end soon with pistols being drawn. The mouse utopia we've been we've come, we've become accustomed to will end. Thank God. We're going to have a fight too, and in my estimation, unless we've got some super weapon developed out near Pine Gap ready to roll out, we're going to get occupied. The first fight for liberal democracy is not in our interests. The struggle after that for the very existence of the Australian people is the one exit to save your strength for. Let the Chinese bring the wrath of God down on the bastards who run this country. They don't have our interests at heart. They serve other masters. And one drop of Aussie soldier's blood is worth this liberal empire. We've been serving now for decades. The ideology of liberal democracy is now so deeply ingrained that only through crisis and existential struggle will we be free of faith. Hey, remember who we are. We might even reconsider our faith. In the meantime let the empire fight and die. And people take care of their own.